Welcome to Thoughts on the Market. I'm Michael Zizas, Head of Global Thematic and Public Policy Research for Morgan Stanley. Along with my colleagues bringing you a variety of perspectives, I'll be talking about the intersection between public policy and financial markets. It's Wednesday, January 4th at 10 a.m. in New York. The focus in D.C. this week has been on choosing the new Speaker of the House of Representatives. Choosing this leader, who largely sets the House's voting and workflow agenda, is a necessary first step to opening a new Congress following an election. This process is usually uneventful, with the party in the majority typically having decided who they'll support long before any formal vote. But this week, something happened which hasn't in 100 years. The House failed to choose a speaker on the first ballot. As of this recording, we're now three ballots in, and the Republican majority has yet to agree on its choice. So is this just more DC noise? Or do investors need to be concerned? While it's too early to tell, and there don't appear to be any imminent risks, we think investors should at least take it seriously. The House of Representatives will eventually find a way to choose a speaker, but the Republicans' rare difficulty in doing so suggests it's worth tracking governance risk to the U.S. economic outlook that could manifest later in the year. To understand this, we must consider why Republicans have had difficulty choosing a speaker. In short, there's plenty of intraparty disagreement on policy priorities and governance style. And with a thin majority, that means small groups of Republican House members can create the kind of gridlock we're seeing in the Speaker's race. This dynamic certainly isn't new, but the Speaker's situation suggests it may be worse than in recent years. So whoever does become the next Speaker of the House could have, even by recent standards, a higher degree of difficulty keeping their own position and holding the Republican coalition together. That's a tricky dynamic when it comes to negotiating on politically complex but economically impactful issues, such as raising the debt ceiling and keeping the government funded, two votes that will likely take place after the summer. On both counts, some conservatives have, in the past, been willing to say they will vote against those actions, and in some cases have actually followed through. But aside from the debt ceiling situation in 2011, these votes have largely been protests and did not result in key policy changes. That's still the most likely outcome this year, and as listeners of this podcast are aware, we've typically dismissed debt ceiling and shutdown risks as noise that's not worth much investor attention. But we're not ready to say that today, because while policymakers are likely to find a path to raising the debt ceiling, this negotiation could look and feel a lot more like the one in 2011, where party disagreements appeared intractable even if they ultimately were not. That could remind investors that the compromise involved contractionary fiscal policy, which could weigh on markets if the U.S. economy is also slowing considerably per our expectations. This is a risk both our chief global economist Seth Carpenter and I flagged in the run-up to the recent U.S. midterm election. Of course, it's only January, and six to nine months is a lifetime in politics, so we don't think there's anything yet for investors to do but monitor this dynamic carefully. We'll be doing the same, and we'll keep you in the loop. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, please share thoughts on the market with a friend or colleague, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find the show. The preceding content is informational only and based on information available when created. It is not an offer or solicitation, nor is it tax or legal advice. It does not consider your financial circumstances and objectives and may not be suitable for you.